0: Come on, let's give God praise. Come on. Lord, we thank you. Oh, we're so honored. So honored to be used by you, so honored to be in your presence. Lord, we could never thank you enough. You're faithful to the very second. You would hold back weather so that we could celebrate this appropriately. God, you are faithful to the second. And we just believe you're going to do more. Your word says that you do immeasurably more than we could ever ask and imagine. And you've done that. That's what we're celebrating today that you've done that, you've already done more, and we're just believing for more people to commit their life to you, more people to be baptized, more people to find their purpose, more people to join the family in 2019. So, God, thank you. We give you all the praise and all of the glory, and everybody said amen. Yeah. Happy birthday, Victory Church! Yeah. Woo! I got all kinds of the feels. I got all, I'm like Drake, I'm all up in my feelings, you know what I mean? victory, and I love you, and you're right. I don't have all that stuff, but man, listen, I got to do something real quick. Uh, I know we got a lot of visitors and family stuff in the house, but if you're on our dream team, so you serve in one of our five areas of ministry, you're on our dream team, you get one of those five million group me's a week, would you do me a favor, would you stand just for a moment? Would you stand just for a moment? (laughs) Listen, production, you better stand production. I know know y'all are the creative ones. You better stand, okay? Listen. I want to do this for two reasons. Number one, I want to thank you. Because everything that you just saw, everything that you guys are about to experience and have experienced, all the planning, everything that you saw from 79 people committing their heart to the Lord to 18,000 in purpose, all of that is because of the people who are standing right now. And so I want to thank you and I want to honor you because you deserve it. Because every weekend you go above and beyond to create a place where people are giving their heart to Jesus, where people in the Smyrna and Rutherford area are running to find their purpose. And it does not happen. It's just me and Darla and she's singing that song to me if it's not you. So from the bottom of our heart, thank you. Thank you for what you do. Please keep doing it and let's make 2019 a year more. Amen. Can we give them a hand please? Thank you. Thank you. You can be seated. Man, what an opportunity. What a privilege. Hey, again, if you're visiting, my name is Troy. Me and my wife, Darla, get the incredible privilege to pass this church and to lead alongside the incredible people that you just saw stand. And in case you haven't already found out, this is the place to be. This is just the place to be. It's just incredible what's happening here. If you are visiting with us, you picked a fantastic morning. Um, But I also want to say this. You heard Malcolm mention uh, growth track starting up next week. If you are visiting, I know people are, you know, you might be coming from an, uh, your own church or coming from out of town, but if you're looking for a church home or if you've been visiting for a couple weeks and say, man, I really like what God's doing or you're here for the first time and go, wow, this place is special. Next week is the week you want to jump in growth track. Jump into growth track, find out everything you can find out, get on the dream team because we got a dream team party coming up here in a couple weeks and you want to be able to be on the dream team for that. And so you want to do that. Second and not, uh, or, or last but not least, as Pastor Brian said, On February 3rd, giving away a 60 inch television. You say, Why would we do that? Let me tell you why we would do that. Because it gives you an opportunity to get your friends who you know need Jesus and who you know need a church home into this building so that they can experience this and go, Man, I've been missing out. Amen? Cool? Everybody good? You ready for the word? All right, hey, if you got your Bibles, open to the book of Philippians. So you got uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Then you're getting into what I call the Ians, the Ians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. If you don't have your Bible, you can Google it on your phone. You can look on our app, as Pastor Brian mentioned, and you can follow along on the screen along with us. So Philippians chapter 1, we're actually going to start at verse 12. So as you're getting there, you can Google that. We've been in a series called Turn Down. And the point of that series is that we want to learn the benefits of turning ourselves down and turning God up, all right? So we we believe what the Bible says, deny yourselves and then pick up your cross and follow me. So we want to turn ourselves, our selfish desires, our selfish wants, we want to put those on shelf just for a moment and really turn God up in our lives. And it's funny, in case you don't know, we kind of wanted to walk this out and not just preach it. So our church has been on a 20-day fast. And we break it today. Okay? So if you if you came across an auditorium host or a greeter or a V Kids worker and they seemed extra giddy, all right? They seemed like maybe they had been on drugs before they came out to serve you. That's why because some of them get to drink a soda for the first time in 20 days in a moment. Some of them get to eat food for the first time in 20 days in a moment, and we are excited. Yeah. But God has done something really special for our church in these 20 days, and this is just a great way to Cap it off. When when we began this series, we opened up looking at Paul because I don't know that there's anybody better to illustrate the concept of denying self than Paul. And the reason for that, and the reason we're going to read the text that we're about to read, is because Paul is in prison while writing a letter to praise God. You don't get any more denying of self than that, to be in chains writing a letter that praises God for your situation. And so I want I want to just kind of refresh your memories. Philippians 1. We'll read 12 through 18. Here's what it says. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, now he's in prison, in chains writing, has actually served to advance the gospel. So what I'm experiencing, right, is actually a good thing. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else, watch this, that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord, and they dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It's true that some will preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others will preach him out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they could stir up trouble for me while I'm in these chains. Look what he says. But what... Does it matter? For the important thing is that in every way, whether false motives or true, Christ is preached. This is not Paul's first time in prison. This is kind of becoming a routine for Paul. And I don't know about you, but I would think that by now Paul would be a little tired of the routine. Like, what what you know, what when am I gonna not be in chains for you, Christ? When when am I going to be able to do other things? When can I just go to church? Or why am I always in prison? That routine could get a little old. But as you see, Paul is able to push through this process, and there's a reason why. And I want to tell you that reason, and it's found in that very last sentence. The reason is Paul identified his reward. Look what he says. The most important thing is that Christ is preached. I'm going to ask you a question at the end of the service. I'm going to give it to you now so you can be thinking about it. For 2019, for you, for your family, answer this. The most important thing is what? That's going to matter here in a moment. See, I believe that once we establish a reward, it reinforces the routine. Let me explain. Throughout this series, we've introduced and been talking about Charles Duhigg's habit loop okay so I'm going to show you that and here's how the habit loop went it, it, it starts with a trigger and then it goes to a routine or a habit and then a reward so you may have seen this we talked about it last week and here's what I said most churches will tell you to change the trigger stop the trigger stop feeling that way stop wanting to do this that, I don't believe that's correct I believe you will always have triggers there's times where you're bored there's times where you're lonely there's times when you're tempted Jesus was tempted you will always have temptation. You will always have triggers. Doesn't matter how spiritual you are, the trigger's there. The answer is not to stop the trigger, the answer is to replace the routine. Yeah. That's what we talked about last week. So, whatever the routine is, so let me give you an example. The trigger is you're at home, you're bored, you have nothing to do. So, that's the trigger, you're bored. You jump onto Instagram, that's the routine, you scroll through Instagram, and you get a small reward because all of a sudden you're feeling good, but then you see somebody whose marriage is better than you, or you see somebody who has more abs than you, and before you know it, what was a reward is now insecurity, right? So that's the process, so you would replace the routine, and that's what we talked about last week, to walk out of here and replace bad habits with good habits and bad routines with good routines, but what I want to talk to you about today is the reward, because I believe that the reward reinforces the routine. We can try all we want to put in place good routines over bad routines, but there has to be something that reinforces it, and I believe it's the reward. It's the small reward that reinforces the bad routine, but I want to talk to you about the reward that would reinforce the good routine. If you think about it, we were raised being taught to react off of reward. Let me just give you some examples. When, when you were small and you didn't want to eat your vegetables or you didn't want to eat your dinner, your parents would say, if you eat your food, you can get dessert. That's them training you to react off of a reward. If, if, if I don't really like this process of eating broccoli, but if I'm going to get a reward, if I'm going to get a dessert, then I'll push through, right? This is why McDonald's created the Happy Meal. Because now you could get your kid a meal, and it came with a prize, right? It came with a toy inside of it. The, pro- the, the, the promotion to you isn't the process. McDonald's isn't giving you an instruction booklet in their Happy Meal on how to eat your food. They're giving you a toy, right? Let me give you another example. How many of you have ever seen uh, exercise commercials, right, where it's a workout routine? Y'all have seen that on TV? Do you notice that they don't spend the 60 seconds showing you the workout routine? Because you don't care about the routine. What do they show you? A before and after picture. Because they know if they can show you the reward, it will reinforce the routine. Right? They don't, they know, you could care less about the routine. Hey, I want you to do eight sets of four reps on a trial muscle and focus. They don't, you don't care. You want the reward and it's the reward that will reinforce the routine. Let me give you my best example of this. Here's how I know that you and I will push through a process for a prize. Have you ever seen those machines that have the claw? You know what I'm talking about? And you just lower the claw and it pick, you, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all are with me. What, what other reason could a grown man, and I'm talking about myself, stand at a machine and spend a lot of money, 20, 25, 30, 35, $40 dollars, to win a stuffed animal that I could buy at the dollar store, Right? They're never good. It's not like you're reaching there to get a PlayStation 4. Like, it's just a five-below toy. You could go get it for five bucks and be like, I won, you know? You go to the dollar store, you could win all day. It's amazing. But it's something about that prize concept that makes us push through the process. And so we push, and we push because the prize will make us push, push through. I think everybody who's participated in the F.A.S.T., Over the past 20 days, you've experienced this. Here's how I know. There was never a moment where you enjoyed your fast. There was never a moment where you're at home going, whoo, so glad I don't get to eat tonight. Doesn't work that way. It was a process, but you pushed through it. You made it. You pushed through because, and we said this the very first week, there's a reward from God as a result of it. You may not have done it for the reward. That's great. But you knew when times got hard, you pushed through because there was a reward. Let me tell you, can I tell you my hardest moment? Can I share with you my hardest moment? So I'm a bread guy. I love bread. Like, obsessed with bread. And my favorite form of bread, outside of every form of bread, is a biscuit. I just love biscuits. If you remember, I did a whole sermon one time on a biscuit, okay? Um, that's, and that's real. And so uh, I, my wife had done a really good job this entire fast. She didn't let me, like, get around stuff like that. So if the, if the kids wanted a peanut butter sandwich, she made it because I had the tendencies to eat the crust after I cut it off and stuff like that, and so she kept all that away from me. So like two or three nights ago, it's dinner time, and the kids have dinner, and she had made them a couple of biscuits with their meal. And I was in the living room doing something, and I walked into the kitchen, and she, she wasn't thinking, nobody was thinking, and, and I, all it took was just one little, I just saw it. I just saw a little bit of it. I just saw a little crust of it, just, just peeking, just, just winking at me. You know what I mean? <laughs> And so I came around the corner and Veda, my, my nine-year-old, eight-year-old, she's sitting right there. And I was like, what is that? And she's eating cucumber, just ignoring the, the, the holiness and the glory. And, and I, I'm ashamed to tell you this, but I did it. I got down and I smelled it. <laughs> and she's sitting right here and I'm sniffing it. And she's looking at me. She's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, you going to eat that? She's like, yeah. I'm like, can you tell me what it tastes like? Can I smell your breath after you eat it? Like, you know, I mean, like, like it, it was an obsession, right? There was a moment, there was nothing stopping me. None of y'all would have known. I could have been just, I mean, just, ugh, just pouring biscuits down. Nobody would have known. I wanted that, but I wanted the reward that I knew God was going to give me more. And so because of that reward, I was able to kind of push through the process. You know what I mean? I love, a, just a couple chapters later, Paul's talking to the church of Philippi again, and he says this. Watch this. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. That's what I would have said, looking at that biscuit. Brothers and sisters, I have not seen myself to take hold of it yet. But one thing I do is I sniff it. Um, but forgetting what is behind, and now watch this straining, straining. You know, this is, can I show you the straining face? That's a straining face. It doesn't say leisurely walking enjoying it the entire way, straining toward what is ahead. I press on, all right? Get these words in your psyche. I strain and I press on. This is someone who's finding a way to, it's not easy. He's straining. Now listen, this is a positive experience for him, but it doesn't mean it's easy. See, we get confused and think that just because it's a God thing, it should be easy. Like, I know I want to read my Bible, so I should easily be able to get up in the morning and read my Bible. It's not, it's still four in the morning. I don't care if it's godly, no, it's four in the morning. God ain't awake at four in the morning. You know what I mean? I mean, he is. He get up at 3:30. But but you know, it's just he pressed on, he strained. I put that verse back. I'm sorry, put the verse back. He's straining. Watch this. And I press on toward the goal to win what? The prize. The prize. What is he pressing toward? What is he straining toward? Towards a prize. Listen to me. If you don't hear anything else I say the rest of the day, hear this. We have been taught to press godly routines in our life out of the fear of punishment. Paul says, press through godly routines in your life out of the anticipation of a prize. That's different. Don't do that because then God won't love you. That's different. Do that because my God rewards you. He's pressing, not pressing on, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see. I don't. He's pressing on for a prize. There's something waiting for him. Paul has a prize perspective. Right, I want to talk to you just for a moment about a prize perspective, a perspective that is decided and dictated and wrapped around the concept that you get a prize. Right? Let me give you the best story I could think of to illustrate this. You remember when you were young and you'd go to the doctor? Y'all remember that? Go to the doctor as you were young? When I would go, you know, 8, 9, 10, whatever the age was, uh, there was one thing they often did that I could not stand, and that was they pricked your finger. Okay, did y'all ever have to do this? Was it just the satanic doctor that I went to? Um, I'm not really sure why, but, but they would prick your finger. And I've told people this story, and they go, man, you got tattoos. Well, what does it matter if someone pricks your finger? It's different. I'm just telling you, it's different. I wish the doctor would have gave me a tattoo. It just, it hurt, okay? And so, and here's the deal. I don't even think it was really the pricking. It wasn't really the needle pricking my finger. It was they would take this like plastic thing that was going to collect the blood and they would scrape it against my finger. Like just, and she was mean. You know what I mean? Like she never, she didn't do it with any love and tender and care. It was just like, you know, next and just, just mean. And I just, I hate it. Oh, I hated it. So much that if my parents were like, hey, we got to go to the doctor for this or that, I would freak out. I remember I would be in their office shaking, and I'd be begging. I was praying before I even knew what prayer was. Like, God, just don't let them take my blood. Whatever you do, don't let them take my blood. I don't want to prick my finger. That's what I would call it. I don't want them to prick my finger. Don't want to prick my finger. Whatever you do. Then they put that Band-Aid on, and you ever notice they put the Band-Aid on really tight? Like, where did you, what, you've been practicing on baby dolls your whole life? Like, that's too tight. I can't even, I, there's no blood circulation now. It was a horrible experience. But every time they'd prick my finger, the, the you know, mili- the mean nurse would put the band-aid on real tight, and they would take me to the doctor's room, and the place that you set up on it had two drawers. One drawer had all the satanic tools, like the little stick they stick down your throat to make you gag. You know what I'm talking about? Who? For real? <laughs> like, shouldn't you have to sing a, like, sign a waiver for you to be able to stick a stick down my throat? Like, that just that doesn't even seem medically uh, in it. And then there was another drawer. This drawer had toys, okay? And... It, Soon as he opened that drawer and gave me a toy, everything was good. It's like all of a sudden things shifted. I had this prize perspective. Like, like it was really bad until I got a toy. And then once I got a toy, it was different. And I was thinking about this, and I started thinking about what did he give me? What was the toy? And I thought back about it and I remembered it. And can I can I tell you the two toys he had? And this is just a counseling session between me and and y'all, okay? These are the two toys that he had. First toy he had was a plastic bear, okay? I'm not lying, this tall, this tall. You couldn't hug it, couldn't hold it. It was just a hard plastic bear. It was blue, and that was it, all right? That was toy number one. You ready for toy number two? It was a plastic frog, and on the back of the frog, kind of where his tail would be, was a little extra material, and you could push it down, and the frog was supposed to flip, and land back on his feet. But he never lands on his feet. You know what I mean? Because he's cheap. He got like four million of them for a dollar. You know what I mean? And, and so like I'm thinking, this, this is what it was? Like I went through all of that excruciating pain to get a plastic frog that doesn't even know how to flip right? Like what's the problem? And I remember this. I, I was 16 years old and my parents took me back. It was right before I like grew out of the age that you could go to that doctor. And I went in, I had to get my finger pricked. 16 years old. And they put me into his office and to sit down on that little thing. And I, I'm not—I'm not embarrassed to tell you. As soon as he came in, I said, "Hey, Doc, can I get a toy? Can I just—I just—I just want the frog. I just want to see if he can he flip now. I just, you know, it's just a prize perspective. And this—listen, this is what we're living with on a daily basis. You're in a prize perspective, and I know we've been kind of taught that that's wrong. Don't do things for what you're going to get out of, and all. but, but, but listen to me. It's okay to be in a prize perspective because your God is a God that is a rewarder. He has prizes. We just need to get a prize perspective. And so what Paul had was a prize perspective. I'm straining on. I'm pressing forward. I'm moving ahead. I'm maintaining these godly routines in my life because I know there is a prize. You know who else had a prize perspective? Jesus. Let me give you an example. Jesus comes to earth, lives, starts ministry, eventually is arrested, crucified, beaten, put on a cross. And the Bible has a verse in it that says that at any moment Jesus could have called angels and they would have come and taken him off the cross. So think about this. Because in case you didn't know, Jesus didn't want to be crucified. There's actually another moment in the Bible where he asked God to take this cup from me. I don't want to do this. But then God says, it's my will, and Jesus says, yes, sir. So now Jesus is on the cross in one of the most excruciating deaths of all time, and we find out that he could have done this like, like Thanos. He could have just been like, boom, and everybody's gone, and he's off the cross. He would have just swung it around and wore it as a necklace. You know what I mean? That's, that's just, just like this. Why would Jesus push through that process when he didn't have to? Why would he go through this routine? Why is Paul in the routine of prison? Why is Jesus on this cross? Why did we, why why did Jesus do that? Because he had a prize waiting on him. Do you know what that prize was? You. The whole reason that Jesus maintained that routine was for you, for this moment, so that you could experience eternity with, with him in heaven. It was a prize perspective. I was thinking about it and I thought about it like this. The moment Jesus put on a prize perspective, they thought they stuck Jesus to the cross. Jesus knew the cross was stuck to him. See what I mean? Let me put it like this. When Paul got a prize perspective, he was no longer chained to the guards. The guards were chained to him. See what I mean? It's a different perspective. When, when, let me put it this way. When, when, when it comes to your marriage, if you have the prize off, The reward off, if the reward is for you, if it's just selfish gain, you'll be chained to your spouse. If the reward in a marriage is for you to be able to love them like Christ and for you to be able to have an incredible healthy marriage, then then you'll find out they're chained to you. You know what I mean? Your job, life, once you get the right reward in place, all of a sudden you find a reason in which you do it. Okay? Let me say it like this. The moment you identify your reward, you unveil the reason. The moment you identify your reward, you unveil the reason. There is a reason for the routine that you've been in over the past 20 days. There's a reason for godly routines in your marriage and in your household and in your job and in your life. And listen to me, it's not good enough for us to just say you need to do it. Because for you to be able to reinforce the routine and to press forward and to strain ahead, there has to be a prize. And if you will identify the reward, God will unveil the reason. Let me give you the best example I can give you. Last week, we got the opportunity to baptize eight people, right? After service, we tend to set up the baptismal in the hallway. Just an incredible, incredible experience. We've had three baptism sessions at this church, and the stories behind them are just amazing. I think the youngest was nine that we baptized, and the oldest was... And so it was, just, it was an incredible experience of what God was doing. But listen, most people that experienced the baptism, let me tell you what the experience was like for them. They came to church. Church was great. Preaching was okay. They got ready. They left. And they go outside and they watch people get baptized. And they celebrate. And they hugged. And they took pictures. And then they got in their car and left. And they had no idea that there was still a process to be done. And I want to show them. We got this video of this process. Let me show you just for a moment. Look at this. Got five guys, six guys, can't really count on the side view here, breaking that down, loading it into, come on, get it. In case you can't tell, this is sped up, in case you think something's wrong with your eyes. Look at this process. Look at that truck. That's a beautiful truck. Look at that, airing out the the little cover. Okay, and here's what you don't see. Somebody had to go pick that up. Someone had to store it. So someone's house is storing it. Someone drove and picked it up, and everything you just saw, do it in reverse the setup. People came and set it up and stretched fabric over it, and then you had, whoa, whoa, hold on, let's pause that for a second, pause that for a second. Here's the deal. People go through that whole process, right, five or six guys stayed an hour past the normal time to break all of that down. It's a process, right? It's a routine. Why would they press through that process? Why would, what, 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 would they, what is the reward for them to want to do that? And then obviously you're seeing this. This is the reward, right? So there's a reward to the routine. Every routine God calls you to, there's a reward. Don't ever doubt that. Because of these moments, these baptism moments, and a lot of the guys that you saw doing are standing right here. Because of these Baptist moments, they were, they were totally okay to go through the routine and to go through the process. Do you think it was enjoyable? No. Think it was hard work? Yes. But why do we go through the process? Why do we go through the routine? For the reward. For the reward. Look what, well, look what Paul finishes up in Philippians 1. After he says, but what does it matter? The important thing in every way is whether from false motives or true is Preach, watch this. And because of this, I rejoice, yes, and I will continue to rejoice, all right, I'm going to give you the rewards all throughout this, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance, okay, that's one reward, I eagerly expect and hope that I will no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, reward, so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, reward, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, reward, and to die is gain, reward. If I'm to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me, reward. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know, for I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, reward, which is better by far, but it's more necessary for you that I remain in this body convinced of this, that I know that if I remain, I and I will continue with all the progress, or I will continue all of you for your progress and joy of faith. Reward, reward. So as Paul's laying all of this out, that's nine rewards that Paul has identified in the process that he's doing. Is this making sense? So the reason why Paul sees Purpose in where he's at and in the routine and in the process is because Paul has identified the rewards. If you're going to try to change this habit loop of trigger, routine, reward, trigger, routine, reward, can I tell you what's kept you in bad routines? Reward. And what's going to reinforce good routines? Reward. The reason why Paul can be in prison and praising is not because he's uber-spiritual. It's because Paul has identified the rewards of being there. And I, I, I want to end like this. I want to kind of debunk something, debunk something that has been uh, taught to a lot of us growing up in faith. And here's what it is. But you've got to give me a moment, caution me for a moment so I can explain. You've been taught that the rewards from God come in heaven right? Haven't you been taught that? Oh, you're just, you're going to have so many rewards in heaven. Oh, that's for the eternal, benefits of being a Christian are out of this world, right? You've heard all that kind of stuff, it's an eternal reward. That is accurate. Scripture does say that you and I will have rewards in heaven of all kinds of different statures, and I don't have the time to talk about that right now. There are rewards in heaven, but hear me, they're not just in heaven. And I want to give you another illustration. And then I'm going to end on something that I, that I hope you'll kind of chew on for the rest of the week, all right? I told everybody last week, uh, my, my food illustrations are going to be on an on-time high during this series because of the fasting. And I wanted to share with you something that I have missed now for 20 days. Uh, I went to Chick-fil-A. Uh, uh, this was months ago. Anybody here know? Y'all know Chick-fil-A, a little small establishment, making, making chicken sandwiches? And so I went to Chick-fil-A and I walked in. And I love Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is... Literally, I think, that's, I think that's manna. I think they took manna from the Old Testament and, they, and the dude had a recipe, and, and here we Now we have Chick fil A. Uh, I don't really. Don't go home. And go, man, that dude's weird. Um, and so I go into Chick fil A and I'm ordering my sandwich. And this is what the woman said to me from behind the cowspircher. She said, Do you want the Chick fil A? Or no, do you have the Chick fil A app? I said, Excuse me? You have an app? And she said, Yes, and you can get rewards. I said, uh, Come again. She said, you can get rewards. I said, what kind of rewards can I get at Chick-fil-A? And she said, oh, uh, you know, and she named a couple of things. She said, free food. I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Rewind. You should have started with that. I can get free food? She said, yeah. I said, what do I have to do? She said, what you're doing right now? I said, so hold on. Make sure I understand you correctly. If I come to Chick-fil-A with this so-called app and I buy my food, I then get rewards for free food? And she said, "Yes, sir." I said, "Sign me up, right now. Here's my phone. Download it, right?" So I got it. Let me show you an example. All right, I took a picture of it. This is my actual Chick-fil-A app, and I'm not bragging. But um, so, so available points to redeem: 514, because I have been redeeming points. A lot, okay? But, but watch this. So here's what happens. Every time you buy a sandwich, y'all know about this? All right, I'm getting somebody saved in here. All right, so, so you get this and every time you buy a sandwich, you get points. So like if you buy this, you get like 100 points and it adds and it adds and it adds. And depending on how many points you got, it starts to release these items that now you can get for free. So let me walk you through the glory of this, all right? All right, this means when I go to Chick-fil-A on Tuesday at 11 o'clock of this week, because I already got it scheduled, when I get there, and I buy my food, I will be able to get any of these things for free. Chick-fil-A is enough reward for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll pay you twice what you're charging for it. Just, like, that would have been enough reward for me. Now I get that and I get this. I'm way more excited about this than you are. This was glorious to me. I've been places, you know, We got to buy. But, but now, now if I earn up enough points, watch this. You ready for real glory? All right, this is, this is straight up gospel. Watch this. I can go to Chick-fil-A right now, and because I have 514 points, I can get this, and I don't have to pay for nothing. You should have fasted for 20 days. You'd be excited as I am right now. This was glorious to me. Like, reward on top of reward like yes this is this is what i'm talking about that, that chick fil a was enough but now i get free stuff here's what i want you to understand heaven is enough it's enough it's enough reward it, it should be but i understand that we're flesh and that sometimes when we're in the middle of the routine it's hard to be consistent in the routine when the routine is now and the reward is a long time from now, right? It's hard for us to stay strong in weak moments when you're telling me that my reward is heaven and I may not experience heaven for 30 or 40 or maybe five more minutes. Depends on how much I eat in a few minutes. That's a real difficult situation. And so we've been told you can take that down before I start sitting on the stage. And so start licking screens, that'd be awkward. So let, let me help you with this. You've been taught that your reward is eternal, and that's true. But your reward is not just eternal, okay? There are rewards for today. There are rewards for now. And I thought it'd be, I, I just went ahead, I, I got about 30 of them, because I just figured you need a few. So, so I just figured I'd give you about 30 of them. You ready? And I'll, I'll give you 10 to start off, just, just, just to get, kind of get you warmed up a little bit, all right? These, these are rewards you get now okay so intimacy with God oh and by the way I put a verse by every one of them just so you can know I'm not making this stuff up intimacy with God you get that that's that's a gift now okay you get favor now we prayed look last night it said it was supposed to snow and churches were closing down we prayed and said God it's our birthday we're not going to reschedule this God said guess what one of the gifts you get while you're here is favor we won't even let it make the, the, the road icy okay y'all ain't ready for that number three is happiness that's a gift now Okay? That's a gift now. Answered prayers. Healthy marriage. Godly children. Freedom. Holy Spirit. Strength. Progress. Give me the next 10. Love for others. Joy. Increase. Generous heart. Recognition of his voice. Purpose. Knowledge of his word. Fulfillment. A clean heart. A renewed mind. Go on, give me 10 more. Peace. Blessed hope. Mercy. And goodness, I really gave you 31, but I put them together. Anointing, healing, satisfaction, comfort, inheritance, power, perseverance. That's just 30 of them. So what I'm telling you is when it comes to establishing godly routines in your life, heaven is a reward, but there's more. Heaven would be enough, but there's more. There's so many rewards for us when we put in place godly routines and godly habits and so now for 20 days we've turned ourselves down and we've asked God to turn himself up and we left out of here last week wanting to put in good routines and good habits and godly routines and godly habits but listen Tuesday's coming real quick and your boss can't wait to get on your nerves stuff that them kids are gonna have you yelling and cussing in about six hours okay it's gonna happen but when that happens you can reinforce the routine that you've put in place if you will acknowledge the rewards that he already's promised you. He's already promised it. So yes, heaven is your reward, but so is so much more. And so let me ask you this. With all those things you just saw, right? And like I told you, if, if, if you want to take me to lunch in a moment, we can just find 30 more. But, but healthy marriage, godly kids, peace, freedom. Let, let me ask you this. You ready? In 2019, over the next 11 months, the most important thing is what? Was it on the screen? When I went through it, the most important thing for me this year is intimacy with God. The most important thing for me this year is a healthy marriage. And listen to me. Don't let the enemy tell you that, oh, obviously it should be intimacy with God. Yes, I understand that. Of course that's an important thing. But every season, there's something that's very pressing. So maybe it's the marriage this year. Maybe it's your child that's run away from the Lord and hadn't been to church in a long time. Maybe it's peace. Maybe you've got something going. Maybe it's, you know, something to do with the job. Maybe it's freedom. The most important thing is what for you in 2019? Because watch. Once you identify the reward, most important thing for me is peace. Once you identify the reward, now you know the reason. Why am I maintaining these godly habits? Because I want peace. Why, why am I maintaining? When it's hard and I don't want to do it, why am I maintaining this? For heaven? No. Of course, yes. Jesus died for heaven. That's already guaranteed. You got that in the bank. But there's more. There's more. If God had an app, you'd be getting points right now. You know what I mean? There, there's more. There's more. What is the most important thing for 2019? Whatever that reward is for you, that gives you the reason to stay faithful in this process. Does it make sense? Let me say this and I'll close. This sermon series took a turn I didn't expect it to take. Um, I was talking to some friends about it. and I, I I didn't expect it to go the turn of habits and choices and freedom. But sometimes God just does what he wants to do, right? And so this is pretty cool because we've got a lot of good feedback from people in our church about the series that really needed these concepts. And maybe you're in here, maybe this is your church, maybe you're visiting or whatever, and you say, you know what, these sermons are great, but, but I need more application. Like, I'd like to ask some questions. I'd like to, I'd like to put in my real life issue and see how habits and routines and rewards and all that. And this is such a cool thing because on February 10th, we launched small groups. And one of those small groups is a small group called Victory Groups. And that whole concept is about people being able to come and sit down and go, hey, I want, I, want a, I want some application for this concept. People who want to truly walk in the victory that God gives us. It's for you. And so maybe last week was the week or maybe this week, maybe you're just going, how do I, I don't really know how to apply this or where, where I walk from here. Listen, in a few weeks, and I'm going to talk more about it, but in a few weeks, you want to sign up for that because it's going to be able to take these concepts and put it in your lap and let you be able to say, here's my story. Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's how this applies to me. How do I change routines? How do I change habits? How do I apply rewards? Listen, we believe here at Victory Church two things. We believe a lot of things, but here's the things I love. Number one, you're here on purpose because you have a purpose. Number two, that you're supposed to walk in victory. Church is not a Sunday thing. It's a seven-day-a-week thing. You're supposed to walk in victory. And I understand that the way we're created, we tend to react to reward. And all I want you to understand this morning is that God has so many rewards for you. So many. You just have to decide that for this year, what's the most important thing to you? And I guarantee you that whatever that is, It's a reward that God's already got planned for you when we stay faithful to the routine, and faithful to the habit. Amen? Lord, we thank you for who you are, your faithfulness. Thank you that, first of all, we thank you for heaven. There, There is no better reward than eternity with you, Jesus. But I'm so thankful that you're a God who has reward beyond that, I'm so thankful that right now, today, in the midst of everything I'm facing, I can have joy. I can have peace. I can have patience. I can have kindness. I can have love for others. I can have favor. I can have increase. I can have a healthy marriage, and I can have godly children. I can have intimacy with you, and I can recognize your voice. And God, that's just a few of the rewards that are available to us. So, Lord, I just pray right now that every one of us in this room, as we gear up for 2019 and all of the craziness that will be of this year, we've kind of tithed our year to you in fasting. And, Lord, whatever it is that you're laying on people's hearts, whatever that most important thing is, I pray that it would be the reward that helps reinforce the godly routine. We're so thankful. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said...